Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower With Them podcast. Now, guys, I have an epic guest joining us today. Today's guest teaches women all over the world how to overcome their subconscious patterning, build successful online businesses, and how to live a passionate and fulfilled life. Now, I have no doubts you've probably heard of her before. Her Instagram content is absolutely incredible and just puts out the most beautiful energy as well. So I have no doubts that you're already following her. So I'm super excited to introduce to you all Samantha Smith, or otherwise known as Samantha Daly, to the podcast. Welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. Such an awesome intro. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And I have to be honest with you and disclaim something. I actually thought that your name used to be Samantha Daly. Like I was writing up my show notes, you know, the show notes, everything. I'm like, yep, Samantha Daly. I'm like, hang on, Smith. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Do you get that a lot? Yeah. I think a lot of people actually think that that's my name, which is funny. It's kind of like my alias now, but yeah, a lot of people that like, obviously didn't know me in my personal life. They just know me through online. Like they see that as my name and they think that's my name. But yeah, I hate to tell you guys, it's not my name, unfortunately. I remember the first time, maybe it was you even, the first time I ever got like a DM that was like, wait, you're telling me your name is not Samantha Daly? And I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize that people actually thought that was my name. But yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's, I just, I had to bring it up because I was literally thinking before this episode, hang on, I have only just fully realize that your last name is not daily. So thought that was a bit of a laugh. <laughs> but uh, Sam, why don't you sort of kick it off and share a little bit about yourself with our listeners today and share a bit about your journey on how you've brought yourself to where you are today? Yeah. So to give you guys some context or some background to who I am and what I do, I'm a life transformation and business coach. I've been running my business for a little over two years now. But for the past six years of my life, I was living in Spain. So long story short, when I was in college, I did a study abroad over in Madrid, Spain, where I decided to get on a dating app because I really wanted to go on a date with a Spanish guy. I thought it'd be fun for the story, you know, do it for the story. And it turns out we have been together ever since. So after I graduated from university, I moved back to Spain and just wanted to see where things would go. And one year turned into six. And while I was over there, I went on my own kind of deep personal development journey, really that started around body image stuff and just not feeling like my best self and wanting to get rooted back in a sense of self-love and self-acceptance. And so as a lot of us do on this path, we start to read lots of books, listen to lots of podcasts, get inspiring information in our ears, and we revolutionize our entire life and existence. And so as my life began to change, the more that I changed my internal world, the more that my external world changed around me. And I saw what was really possible for myself and everything kind of opened up and my life just became so much more expansive and so much more fun. 
and so much more beautiful and so much more potential filled. And I really wanted to share that with people. So I started blogging. I started showing up on Instagram more. And that is kind of like the sort of roots of how I started to build my coaching business that I have now. I have a podcast now that is pretty successful. We've reached the top charts in a lot of countries. And I've worked with lots of incredible women and really helped women especially transform their lives, bank accounts, relationships, and careers. Lots of career transition happens over in my world at Samantha Daily. So it's been it's been a wild ride. It's been a journey, but it's been so much fun. And part of me knows that like this is only just the beginning. I'm sure you feel the same about like your journey and where you are with your business and everything. So yeah, we're just getting started. I love it. And it's such a beautiful journey of transformation that you have gone on yourself and to now also be um, a transformation coach, helping other people make that same change their life is just such an awesome thing to see. So obviously there's been a lot of adventure, a lot of travel in the past few years of your life. And what I'm curious to know, because I am yet to, you know, be able to break free and go do that sort of travel for myself. Every single time that I have tried, COVID has gotten in the way, like literally the first (laughs) trip two years ago that I planned to finally leave Australia, COVID decided to say hi. And then when borders were set to open again here in Australia, I had some new plans lined up and all of a sudden there's a new strain and whatever. So what I'd love to hear from you is with all of this travel and adventure and exploration you've been able to do, how has that helped shape you and shape you into finding your purpose and being able to live your purpose? Yeah, this is such a good question for anybody out there who is feeling the pull to travel and explore and go to other countries. And, you know, maybe a lot of your listeners are from Australia. So I know it's very exciting the idea of like going to Europe and people in Australia love to do those big Europe trips. Once you get all the way over there, you got to spend a couple of weeks and just kind of bounce around. If you are someone like that who's feeling the pull to travel, I think that you should definitely listen to that as soon as it's possible for us. Because at least in my experience, traveling to Europe for the first time, it was the catalyst for so much change for my entire life. So I always felt like I wanted to travel when I was young, but my family didn't really do a lot of international travel. We traveled around different parts of the States. We would go on little vacations here and there, but you know, I would see some of my friends and their families, you know, doing trips to Italy or like you know, crazy cool things. And I always felt like I really, really wanted to do that. And part of that is my design and it's in my astrology. And so it's part of my nature to really want to get out and explore. So as soon as I had the opportunity, I decided to listen to that and to answer that call and go to Europe. And I think the biggest thing that shifted for me with all the travel that I've done, I think I've been to like 25 countries at this point, which is not bad. It's pretty good. We've got some experience under our belt, but it was just opening my eyes to the different ways of living that exist on this earth. You know, when you grow up in a certain place and everybody around you has assimilated to this one type of culture, this one way of doing things, it's easy to forget or to just be unaware that there are so many different ways of doing things. There's so many different ways of living and being. And so when I went to Europe in college, that was when I was like, holy shit, like people love life here. Like they're not obsessed with the rat race of like being the most successful person or having the most amount of money or 
you know, oh, I have to get this job so that I look a certain way or like the status things, like it really peeled back those layers for me of what it means to be a human. And it's kind of like one of those moments where you realize like, we're literally all going to die. Like every day we're getting closer to, you know, the day that we die, which sounds morbid, but I needed that to wake me up. I needed that to open my eyes for me to be like, I don't want to sit in a cubicle for my whole life. I actually, this path that I'm going down, that I've been going down, I don't even think that like, I want that. All the things that I was taught to want and desire, I, you know, thought that I really wanted to be a businesswoman in Chicago and like wear a suit and like carry a leather bag with my laptop in it to work every day. And I started to realize like, I actually don't want that. Like, I think that was something that people gave me in my life. They told me to want that, or I implicitly absorbed or understood that that was a good thing to want because Mm -hmm. it looked good, because it felt good in society. So travel for me was the catalyst to a lot of change because it made me really break down my own belief systems and the trajectory that I was on for my life and question everything. And like basically just everything that I wanted and where I thought I was going, burn it down, just burn Mm -hmm. it down to the ground. We're not doing any of it. Declining corporate job offers. I'm not going to Chicago. I'm not going to, you know, take this good salary out of school. I'm actually going to move to a foreign country where I have no place to live. I know nobody. And I'm going to make a poverty level wage because fuck it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I want yet, but all I knew at that time was like, I don't want this, this thing that I, you know, was told that would be good or feel good. Yeah. And it's so crazy how many people can connect with that idea that like we're shown our whole lives that we should want this one thing. And then we have to go through our own experiences to be able to discover, actually, no, I want something completely different. So like my personal journey connects aligns well with yours in the sense of going through that college, getting that degree, but I didn't go through that experience of traveling the world to be able to understand what else is out there. For me, it was sort of like I got to this point of like breakdown where I was just so unfulfilled in what I was doing and so happy in that cubicle job that I was in, that that was where I started to develop the awareness around what it was that I wanted for myself. Did you find that there was ever any point where you sort of found yourself at that low point emotionally and mentally, or it was simply through your travels and through that expansive experience in itself that you were able to realign with what you wanted to be doing? There was definitely a low point, a really clear one that I can pinpoint. Mm -hmm. So after I finished my semester abroad, that was when, you know, I met my partner and we had kind of like ran around Spain for a couple of months together, fairy tale stuff. I was like living in a Lizzie McGuire movie, super (laughs) exciting and fun. And then I was like, I'm never going to see this guy again. Like this was so much fun, but I'm going to try real hard to like not catch feelings and just like move on because deuces. I have to go back to the U S and finish my degree. So I left and I came back to the States and it was summertime and it was the summertime between my junior year and senior year. So my last two years of uni, which is a really important time, at least in the U S to do like internships. So to work in a company so that you get experience for when you graduate. So I had to actually go directly to Chicago and start working in a summer internship in a corporate company. And so I was, you know, had been away from my friends for a long time while I was abroad. And then I was away from all of my friends again, because I was working in this job in Chicago. 
And I had just left this guy that I was, you know, kind of falling for, but trying not to. And I was in a cubicle literally every day. So that was the emotional low point, probably. I think that summer was probably like the most borderline depressed like I've ever been. And I didn't know it at the time. I wouldn't have identified it like that because I just didn't know better at the time. And I really tried to like push through, but I was devastated about the way that I looked after having traveled around Europe for months and, you know, just basically ate my way through a bunch of countries and was really like partying all the time, drinking so much alcohol, like living life to the fullest. But then I got back home and reality hit and I was like, holy shit. And that's kind of where all of the body image stuff started. So that summer I was killing myself in the gym, trying to work out like twice a day, overexerting myself, like crazy restrictions on food, no carbs, no sugar, no this, no that, missing this guy, having no contact with friends for over six months at this point. So that was the low point where I was like, I do not want to continue like this, you know, in a lot of aspects, not only the job, but also my relationship to myself was a huge one that I was like, I cannot continue to do this. And so then that's when I ended up after that next year of school, when I moved to Spain, I really started to begin that journey of, you know, going deeper into the inner world and uncovering what was going on inside of me so that I could cultivate a better relationship to myself. Yeah. First and foremost, everyone I've ever heard from who said, I've done Europe, have said they came back after eating their way through the country and had that same sort of like realization that you had yourself. So I know that when I eventually get to travel to Europe, I have to be prepared for the inevitable weight gain that will come from that. <laughs> but um, It's still I- worth it. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine so, right? It's the experience. And then that's where like that work on the body image does come back into play and your mindset to be able to not restrict yourself or limit yourself from being able to fully immerse yourself into experiencing other cultures and other countries, which is obviously something, you know, massive to be able to work on doing. But what I'd love to hear from you is you hit that low point and that's where the real transformation in your journey started. So for anyone else who may be experiencing something similar to that low point or just be in their own low point of their own, what would your sort of tips for them be in terms of the first steps they can take to start to elevate them out of that space? I think like putting positivity and inspiration in your ears, like as often as possible. You know, if you're someone who listens to this podcast, I'm sure you're already on some sort of journey yourself. But that was how I really started my journey was just like, I was searching for positivity. I was searching for inspiration. I wanted something to make me feel uplifted and inspired about life. And so I, that's when I found my first ever podcast that I ever listened to. And I would just listen to it every single week. And that was the thing that started to, you know, that one thing was a domino that led into the next thing that pushed me to get into a little bit of a better morning routine that helped me start to use positive affirmations for myself. Like my first affirmation that I ever used, I just wrote, I am enough. And I stuck it on my mirror in my little room in Madrid in the flat where I was living. I was sharing a flat with 10 people. So my room was my like one private (laughs) sanctuary. And it It was a good size room, but it was still like a small space to like be able to roll out a yoga mat, like just between the wall and the end of my bed and do a little bit of yoga and put that little affirmation on my mirror. 
And just starting with those small things. But I think the biggest thing is surrounding yourself with the energy that you want to be in. And so if there's people in your life that are draining you or they're sucking the energy out of you or they're constantly negative or critical or judgmental or complaining, it's really your responsibility to start to manage and restrict the amount of time that you spend with those people. So you want to reduce the negativity and increase the positivity in whatever way you can, because that is going to impact everything. It'll be like a huge domino effect. Yep. Oh, I absolutely love this conversation so far. And there's already so much value that I've gained and we're not even into like the depth of what I wanted to be talking about today. So why don't we like get down to business now, Sam? There's a couple of things that I'd really love to chat with you about. And that includes like obviously understanding the subconscious mind, learning how to reprogram our thoughts and also the topic of manifestation, because I know that you are an absolute manifestation queen. So why don't we kick it off by looking at, you know, the power of the subconscious mind. Can you share a little bit about this with us? And for anyone who may not be aware of the power of this, like what exactly it can do? Yeah. So the subconscious mind makes up 95% of our overall awareness. So the conscious mind is what we use every single day to interpret things, to have thoughts, to, you know, listen to this conversation right now, right? But the subconscious mind that lies below that, it makes up 95% of our overall awareness. So actually a lot of what we do and think in a day is unconscious. If you've ever driven somewhere and you get to the place where you were intending to go, but you kind of park the car and you're like, I don't even really like remember driving here, you know? Like I don't remember like looking at the street signs and intentionally putting my blinker on and like turning left on this street. Like I just arrived here. Or if you're going somewhere and you like, say you're going to the supermarket and then all of a sudden you're like on your way to the gym and it's because your body was driving the car when your mind was checked out. And so this is a function of the subconscious mind. So much of what we do and think and how we operate in a day is actually unconscious. This is why it's so important because if we are stuck in a similar pattern or habit or behavior over and over again, we're going to continue to get the same result. And so what we have to understand is knowing something and actually holding it as a belief in the subconscious mind are two very different things, which is why a lot of people get frustrated because they're like, oh, I know that I shouldn't get upset about this, or I know that I shouldn't care about this, or I know that I shouldn't think this about myself, but I keep doing it anyway. And that's because that lives in the subconscious. And that is a little bit harder to manipulate and change. It is possible to manipulate what's happening in the subconscious mind, but it's not as simple as just learning a new fact and saying, oh, now I'm going to like live from this point of view or from this way of being. Takes time and repetition is a big key in shifting what's going on in the subconscious mind perfectly explained there and like in really simple form as well and something that like really clearly stood out to me is like when we are in that unconscious state of mind it's just autopilot right like when we're driving around and we're not having to think about where we're going that's our autopilot mode so obviously you know if we do default to this sort of autopilot from time to time it could be positively impacting us but also negatively if that you know unconscious state is misaligned with where we want to be 
So how can we start to understand where our subconscious mind is sort of at and how it's sort of programmed at the moment so we can make sure that it is in alignment with the things that we do want to be achieving or creating for our lives? Mm. I would say if you are not getting the results that you want, you know that you have subconscious work to do. I would also argue to say we all have subconscious work to do Mm. always. Like it's not something that you just like fix and then you move on and you never, (laughs) you know, you never do it. It's like, we're never fully healed, whatever that means. It's Mm -hmm. constant work. And because at some points in your life, certain things are going to be very evident to you that need to shift or change. Maybe it's your beliefs around relationships or around love or, you know, how open you're able to be with your heart or your patterns in relationships. And because you want a successful relationship, but it's not happening for you, it'll become really evident that there's probably something in there that needs to be worked on. But once you work through that, there's will be something else later on in your life. You'll be like, whoa, okay, now I'm, you know, trying to buy a home or get a car or do something. And I feel a lot of self-doubt. I feel a lot of resistance. I feel really scared. There's probably some money stuff going on down there. So everything is going to kind of come up for us at different times. So I think the way to know if there's subconscious work to do is to just assume that there is, <laughs> but focus on what is present for you in life right now that you feel is not working or that you're not getting the result that you intend or that you want. If you feel like you're constantly or consistently working towards a goal or trying to achieve something or trying to be a certain way and you're not you're, it's not possible, like you're finding it really hard to get there, that's an invitation to take a look at what might be happening below the surface in the subconscious mind. Yeah. Oh, I love that explanation there. And something that I do sort of see popping up, even when I'm working with clients as well, and they do develop the awareness that, yeah, there is some subconscious work that needs to start to happen, but They can feel there is, but they just don't know what exactly that specific area or that specific thing is that they need to dive into. Are you ready to shift your mindset, vision, habits, and actions into total alignment with where you want to be in 2022? If you are an entrepreneur or wanting to become an entrepreneur who is ready to break away from the hustle culture and start building your business from a place of spiritual and physical alignment and flow, then I want to connect with you, okay? I am inviting you to come work with me in 2022 to expand your mindset and all your business to heights that you never imagined possible. If you feel drawn to exploring this next step in your journey with my guidance, then head to the link in this episode description to fill out my work with me form and see what possibilities for spiritual, physical, and material expansion are awaiting for you. How would you suggest someone going about finding that clarity of where to start? If you want to unpack what's happening in your mind or in your subconscious a little bit more deeply or intentionally, I would say definitely work with a professional, work with a coach, work with a hypnotherapist, work with someone who's going to hold space for you. And through conversation, you will start to uncover what those things are or what areas you need to look deeper into 
it's hard for us within the confines of our own mind to really be a third-party observer to our own thoughts, habits, patterns, and behaviors. And so it's really helpful to have someone on the external who's like a non-judgmental space holder who can just witness you know, what you're saying versus the results you're getting and reflect back to you. Hmm, I think these things might be connected or let's take a look at this. So if you are wanting to get more clarity and go a little bit deeper, I would say like, yeah, definitely work with someone who can help you do that. And I know that's something that you work with in particular is obviously the reticular activating system. So, well, first of all, explain what the reticular activating system is in case there's anyone who's not quite aware of it yet. And then also how we can start to do this subconscious reprogramming by utilizing this. So the reticular activating system or the RAS is a function of the brain. I believe it's like a bundle of nerves in the brain. And the way that it works is, or maybe neurons, nerves. The important thing is it works like a filter. It's like a filtration system. And so the function of this really is because there's so much data. There's like millions of pieces of data that we could be absorbing or taking in at any given time sights, sounds, colors, implicit messaging, words, like there's so much data around us all the time that our brain can't take it all in at face value and absorb all of it at once. Our heads would just explode if we had to, you know, analyze every single thing that was around us and happening at any given moment. And so the function of the RAS is to be this filtration system and to kind of be a little bit particular about what gets in and what stays out, right? So you might be in a situation where you pick up on something really clearly, but your friend like didn't see it at all or didn't notice it at all or was like, I did not hear that or I did not see that. And it's because you have different filters. So everybody's going to have their own set of rules that are instilled in this filtration system of what gets in and what stays out. And so what programs the filter is your consistent thoughts, feelings, actions, behaviors, emotions, right? So we program the filter by what we focus on, which is why there's that saying of like what you focus on expands because it's very true. What you focus on consistently over time tells your brain what you want to continue seeing. And so what'll happen is you go out into the world and if you're really focused on you know, things not working out for you or life being really hard or people being really mean to you or guys being assholes or whatever the story is, when you go out into the world, you're going to notice that faster. Whereas somebody else may be in the same public situation as you, but they don't see that guy being a jerk. They don't see that person giving you a weird look. They don't notice those things because their filtration system is not set up to immediately allow that to enter. And so that's why it's so important for us to manage what we are consistently thinking and feeling because we want our filtration system or our RAS to work for us rather than against us. I think a good example of this is in my life over the past couple of years, I've worked really hard to cultivate the belief that everything is working out for me. And so even when things happen that objectively I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks, you know, say I miss the train or something at the last second, like the doors are just closing and I just miss it. It's like, oh, that moment sucks. But I'm like, this is happening for me. This is working out for me because there's some reason that I'm not meant to be on that train or that wagon or whatever. Who knows what is happening? 
what's aligning in the cosmos for things to work out better for me, but everything is working out for me. And now that I have repeatedly put that belief into place and thought and felt it quite often, I actually see that to be true all around me in so many ways. So my life gets better because of the beliefs that I've chosen to program into my RAS. And anybody can do this, right? It's just taking back the control and practicing that repetition of what you think and feel and focus on most often. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And the train example, when I was at uni, like literally something I would experience so damn hard. So what I actually started doing was I'd find myself at one point like sprinting to get to the train and then ending up as like a sweaty ball of mess at the end. But then I decided to step back and you go, you know what? I am going to walk to the train at a pace that like feels darn good for me. And I'm going to just be trusting that the right train that I'm meant to hop on will be the one that rocks up just in the right timing. So it is really all about switching the way that you do think about the things that are going on and making sure that you are switching it to be in alignment with where you want to be, how you want to feel, you know, do you want to be a sweaty ball of mess at the end of a long day of study? Or do you want to feel calm and relaxed as you are stepping onto that train? And coming back to what you were talking about with the RAS and it being a filter, there was a really great example that I did here that really made just everything click for me around this space. And it was imagine being a room and being told to look for all of the red objects in that room. So you look for all the red objects in that room and you come back and then you're asked, okay, tell me what you saw that was blue but you have no answers to give because all you were focused on was the red objects in that exercise. And it's the same when you think about like working towards a goal and focusing on like all the reasons why you can't achieve the goal. Well, yeah, that's what you're going to receive if that's where your focus is. But if you can switch that up and focus on all the reasons why you will achieve that goal or every way that you possibly could go about achieving it, then that's what you're naturally going to be aligned with as well. So To sort of like wrap up this conversation around the RAS, how can we make it work for us in the most simplest way? If we're to step away from this podcast episode today and have complete clarity on like one shift or the thing we should focus on to really start making our reticular activating system work in our favor, what would that be? So a tangible tip that I can give anyone who's listening that you don't need anything special for and you can just start practicing on your own right away is a simple reframing statement that I like to use with all of my clients, which is anytime you notice yourself having a thought that you're like, "Mm, I don't really want that to be part of my filter. Like, I don't want to continue to see that to be true for me. That's kind of like a shitty thought. You're just going to pause for a second and you're going to say, I forgive myself for thinking blank, insert shitty thought. I choose to believe that blank and then insert a better more inspiring, more expansive, more beautiful belief that you want to have as part of your filter. So that's Mm. something that we can practice all the time in silence. As you move through your day, you notice yourself having a thought that you're like, "Mm, I don't really want that to be perpetuated in my life. So I forgive myself for thinking X. I choose to believe that Y. You can do this literally all day long every day until you don't have to do it as much anymore because naturally you'll just start to have those more positive thoughts come through for you. The other thing that I will say that can be really helpful for people when we're talking about the subconscious mind is obviously things like hypnotherapy, but something that's even more accessible to people would be like EFT tapping 
So you can find tons of videos on YouTube, very easy to start that practice. And that's really, really powerful for shifting subconscious beliefs and starting to reprogram your RAS. And I feel like that's so perfectly framed as well, saying I forgive myself for once believing this and I now choose to believe that because when we do sort of experience, you know, that fear of failure or limiting beliefs and self-doubts coming up, it can be really challenging to simply be forcing positive affirmations onto yourself, simply saying like, I am this when you for so long believed something else. So I think that's such a beautiful way of being able to reframe it and also allow yourself to adjust to that reframing as well. Mm -hmm. I call these transitional affirmations because let's say you're working on money mindset and you're just trying to go from lack mentality or scarcity or fear or doubt around money to telling yourself that you're a millionaire. You know, the bullshit radar is going to go off pretty quickly in your mind when you're like, I'm a millionaire. Immediately, you're going to be like, no, bet you're not. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) sit down. You're definitely not a millionaire. And so that's not necessarily beneficial to us because we're forcing a belief that we want to hold, but then we're immediately repeating a thought that brings us back to the old belief. So we're not getting very far. So when you can have these kind of transitional affirmations that actually feel more accessible and easier to accept with words like I am becoming or I choose to believe rather than, you know, I am a millionaire. It's like I choose to believe that I'm capable of making more money. That feels a lot more acceptable and true and believable to people than going straight for like the, you know, the big daddy. Right. And I think that this whole conversation about, you know, those subconscious beliefs and where we are putting our focus. It's so important to be aware of these things and to be actively shifting these areas, particularly when you are in the pursuit of a goal, because if you subconsciously believe that you're not going to be able to achieve that thing, or like you said, like, no, bitch, you're not a millionaire. (laughs) Like these things are going to hold you back and really stop you from taking the action that you know you should be taking in order to make these things happen. So while we are on the topic of goal setting, I'd love to have a bit of a chat with you about what your beliefs are around goal setting or your approaches to them and how you actually really love to integrate manifestation into this process as well. Yeah. So I think manifestation and goal setting are pretty similar, which sometimes manifestation can get a bad rap if someone is you know, not really open to the more spiritual practices or like the woo-woo side of things. But I think The reason why for me, manifestation feels better and it feels more effective than just simply goal setting is because it is the whole same process that you use when you're goal setting, but just add on to that, this element of trust and surrender and believing that there's something bigger than you that is orchestrating your life and helping bring your desires into reality. And that trust element is a really, really important part of the process because if we don't have that, we're really stuck in this wounded masculine energy of thinking it's all up to me. I have to make it happen. Everything is on my shoulders. It's just me, me, me. I got to get these goals and do this. And if I don't work super hard and if I don't do everything, then it's not going to happen. And although hard work and pushing and forcing in that way can get you to a certain place, it's never going to get you as far as you could go if you had that added element of trust and surrender and a bit of that feminine energy that allows you to let go and recognize like, it's not all up to me. You know, I'm the co-creator of my reality. It's me 
and the universe. And we are beautifully working together, creating this synergy to get me exactly where I'm meant to go. And so mm. manifestation is goal setting, but it's, you know, goal setting like on steroids. It's just better. <laughs> and it's so much more fun and enjoyable when you are approaching it in a manifestation sense as well. You know, we're talking about trust and surrender. This is something that can be really challenging for people to lean into and step into, particularly when you're very new to the spiritual space. Like when you are into your own like spirituality and something that you're so connected with, you know, you love studying the universe or just learning how you can become one with it and all of that. When you have these beliefs already, it can be a lot easier to step into that space of trusting and surrendering. But when you're coming from a place that's just like, you know, you've never lent into this spiritual woo-woo space before, it can be a lot harder to feel that trust and feel into that trust and surrendering process. So what would your tips be for anyone who is maybe struggling with leaning into trust and surrendering to the fact that the universe will support you in making your manifestations happen? How would you help them go about doing that? Like anything in life, we only get good at something through practice. And so it's really about choosing to step up to the plate and practice this like art of trust and surrender over and over again, just continuing to trust and starting in really small ways. You know, I think it's one thing to trust the universe, to trust something bigger than us, but Before that, even, I think foundationally, we need to have self-trust, which is a thing that a lot of women don't have because unfortunately, we've been conditioned away from self-trust a lot in life, through education systems, through society. You know, we've just been made to believe that somebody else always has the answer or somebody knows better than us. I feel like we all would think that we have the answer to something and then question and be like, hmm but there's probably someone out there that knows better than me. Like maybe I'll just Google it really quick, or maybe I should ask somebody else, or maybe I should call my coach and, you know, see what they say. Like we doubt ourselves in so many ways. And so if you don't even have that foundational sense of trust in yourself, how are you going to trust anything outside of you? So if someone's really struggling to trust in general, I would say start with self-trust and your relationship with yourself. And you can build your self-trust in super small ways. Like when you go to a restaurant, be confident about what you're going to order without asking everybody else what they're getting. When you go and buy something, if you normally like take a picture of it and text it to your mom or your friends, you're like, "Mm, do you like this jacket? Should I get it? Like Mm. stop asking other people. Just do you live your life, make your decisions. Don't ask your friends what nail color you should do. Don't ask your friends how you should get your next haircut. Like just stop outsourcing your decisiveness and reclaim it for yourself. And you will realize that you move through the world in a more easeful way when you're not constantly having to get that approval or validation from others that yes, you're on the right track. You're making the right choice. You know, a question that I really dislike is, what would you do? If you're someone who asks a lot of people this question in your life, like, what would you do? I just want to get your perspective. What would you do? Challenge yourself to stop asking that question Mm -hmm. because the truth is that what anybody else would do is completely irrelevant to what you should do because they have their own life experience, their own subconscious beliefs, their own traumas, their own lens of the world, their own goals, their own value system. What they would do 
literally means fuck all for what you should do. Even Mm. if they're your best friend, even if they're your parent, even if there's someone that you think is so similar to you, like what they would do is irrelevant. And so that's a really easy way to just start reclaiming your own trust in self. And once you really trust yourself and you feel like I got me, like no matter what happens, I know that I got me, even if this fails, even if this goal doesn't work out, even if I don't get this job, even if it falls through, even if this relationship doesn't turn out to be the one, I know I'll be able to figure it out. I know that I will pull myself together and I will take the next right step as I always have done, as I always will do, because it's really the only option we have, you know, it's that or like totally just spiral. And so once you build that, it'll be a lot easier for you to also trust in the external, to trust in the universe, to feel that there is a support system leading you and guiding you and there for you. Yes. And I can so connect with that question of what would you do? And it's so funny because every single time, you know, that a client asks me, well, and what would you do? Like, you know, what should I do based on what you do? I'm like, "Mm, sorry, honey, that's not how it works. What I do for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. You tell me, what do you intuitively feel drawn to being the solution that you should start looking down yourself? And I have no doubts that, you know, obviously this is something that you do as well as a coach, because that is what we are here to do, to help you really start to understand that you have the answers within you already. And you just need to unlock that trust and that confidence within yourself to be able to listen to what you're being called to. So I think that that's such a powerful point that you mentioned about in order to develop trust in the universe and into a higher power, you first must find that trust within yourself. And yeah, it can be a scary thing when you are so used to leaning on other people to getting that support and getting that guidance. But whether you make the right or the wrong decision for yourself, the reality is you're going to learn from that. And that in itself is going to help you understand yourself more so that when you're faced with a similar decision or a challenge in the future, you will feel more confident in knowing what the right choice is for you to make. So even if you do lean into trusting yourself and it doesn't fully work out, don't take that as a failure or a reason to go back to depending on other people. Take that as a lesson of self-awareness, self-understanding, learning that, okay, cool. Now I know what doesn't work for me. So when I have to make the decision next time, I know where to move to. Yeah, so good. I think it's important for us to pay attention to the meanings that we create about things. You know, that's another piece of the self-awareness puzzle is when something doesn't work out or it doesn't go the way that we wanted it to or that we envisioned it going is to question, you know, what am I making this mean? Am I making this mean that I can't trust myself? Am I making this mean that this is a failure? Am I making this mean that, oh, see, I knew I would make the wrong decision. Like pay attention to that shit. Cause again, that's going to be part of your filter. That's going to be part of your reality if you continue to perpetuate that. And so really being discerning and decisive in choosing the meanings that we create out of every little experience. Mm. Yes, I absolutely love that. So now that we are crystal clear on like, you know, leaning into trust, leaning in surrender, being an important element of utilizing manifestation, I know that so many people have different approaches to obviously manifesting their goals and making them happen. So I'd love to hear from you what your approach to manifestation is and how we could start practicing it. So the process is pretty simple. Simple is not always the same as easy. So we'll just preface with that. But I think 
you know, for me, I really like to start with clarity around where am I going? You know, what am I trying to create in my life? What is this specific goal or thing that I'm moving towards? And, you know, some people are kind of like in a place in their lives where they know that they want more or they know that they want better, but they don't necessarily know the details of what that's going to look like yet. And that's totally okay. Like, don't get discouraged from the process by thinking like, oh, I don't even have step one. I don't even have the clarity. Clarity can even just be knowing how you want to feel. So if you don't know what the specific role or job or whatever is that you want to have yet, but you just know that you want more, you want better, you want different, focus on how you want to feel. Because we all know that intuitively. We know how we want to feel in that next job or that next career move or that next city or that next level of our life or that next relationship. We know how we want to feel when we get there. So focus on the feelings. I like to always give that piece of guidance because a lot of people are like, ah, I don't know the clarity, so I can't even do it. Yes, you can. Just focus on knowing how you want to feel. And so once you have the clarity around you know, where you're going, what you're trying to achieve, how you want to feel when you get there, the next step is to audit your kind of personal energy so that you can adopt a vibration that is at the same frequency of the things that you're hoping to attract into your life, right? So this is the part of manifestation where we're leaning on the law of attraction, like attracts like. And so most of us, all of us, I would argue, want to attract and manifest and call in high vibe situations, people, things, locations, whatever. We want to live a life that feels really good, that feels exciting, that feels fun, that feels joyful, that feels purposeful, that feels fulfilled. And so all of those emotions are going to be high on the spectrum of vibration. And so that means doing the things that are going to help you raise your vibration, whatever you have to do to get into that high vibe state where you do feel good. That's what you want to focus on. Focus on feeling good. Feeling good is so freaking important. That is one of the main things that is going to influence what you're able to attract and call into your life. So, you know, if waking up and going for a walk outside and ordering a coffee makes you feel fucking great, do that every day. No shame. Buy your $5 coffee. It's worth it if it makes you feel good for a majority of the day. So focusing on the vibration, raising our frequency and feeling good. And then we want to embody the kind of version of ourselves that already has those things. So acting as if they're already present in our reality, believing that it's on its way. And so moving through life as if you know that it's done, as if you already have it, right? So this is going to kind of go hand in hand with raising your vibration because once you get there to the goal, destination, relationship, career path, whatever, the thing that you're thinking is going to make you feel great, you're obviously going to be moving through the world in a heightened state. You know, you're going to be walking a little bit taller. You're going to be smiling more. You're going to be happier. You're going to be more confident. You're not going to be asking everybody else for their opinions. You know, so embodying that now and really getting into the practice of having the things that you're moving towards. And then we obviously have to take inspired action. So manifestation is not just a magic trick. It's not just, oh, I really want a Lamborghini. And then tomorrow the Lamborghini appears in your driveway. Like we got to move the needle. 
If you're trying to make a career shift, you should start looking for jobs. You should start putting your name out there. You should start networking. Like you still got to do shit in the 3D world that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to get assistance from the astral realm, (laughs) but (laughs) we have to do our 3D duty as like the human that's here on planet earth. So taking action is important. And then the last piece, which we talked about before is that trust piece. So, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling confident that, what I'm seeking is also seeking me and the desires on my heart are not accidents. And in fact, they are the language of the soul. And so if I want something and if I feel pulled to move towards something, that is in fact the universe, God, angel, spirit speaking and working through me to try to get me on the path to where I'm meant to go. And so choosing to surrender the big vision that you have and say, you know what, I'm going to do my action I'm going to get an alignment. I'm going to raise my vibration. I'm going to be really clear about what I want with you, universe. And then I'm going to put the ball in your court. I'm going to hand it over. I'm going to take my hands off the wheel for a little bit. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to be confident that it's coming. I'm not going to sit here being like, oh my God, but it's not happening. When It should be here by now. I've been doing all these things. What the fuck? It's not working. Manifesting is bullshit. I'm going to calm the fuck down. I'm going to surrender the vision and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to be like, It's on its way, baby. It's on its way. It's already done. Yes. Oh, I love that. And just to sum those five steps up for everyone, it's getting the clarity, aligning your energy with the energetic frequency of that manifestation you want to achieve, embodying that future self who already has that manifestation, taking inspired action and putting your trust into the universe to know that it is going to happen. You are doing your part and the universe is doing its part to support you. So I love that. And as you said, it is super simple. It's super simple as it's laid out, but it's not necessarily going to be easy because what happens when we start to do these things and take these steps is that's when our demons start to come up. The shadow work needs to start happening. When those limiting beliefs and those doubts start to arise. And what I find is those sorts of fears and limiting beliefs can be what cause us to shift too much into our masculine and feel like we need to overwork to start to achieve these goals. So what would your advice be to anyone who maybe finds themselves slipping too much into their masculine and avoiding that step of trusting and surrendering in this process, you know, when those fears do arise? I think when you're a person who is maybe in their wounded masculine or just has a naturally hyper-masculine oriented energy, which is something that I'm super familiar with. Like I was very much that way. And a lot of us tend to be because our parents' generation was really kind of like the work hard to get where you want to go generation, right? That was the main story was like, got to work hard. You got to put in the hours. You got to, And so we're all under this impression of like, well, I have to do everything in order for it to happen for me. We're not, you know, just living in this space in our minds where we're like, oh, I can, you know, do a little bit, but then like surrender the rest. Like that's so unnatural to most of us. So if you do find yourself in that sort of wounded masculine energy of wanting to really push and force and make things happen, I would say, ask yourself the question of where am I being asked to do less? Mm -hmm. Because it is important to take action. But if you really get honest with yourself and you ask yourself, where am I being asked to do less? I promise you a very clear answer will come through of where it's obvious that you are doing 
far too much, that you are pushing way too hard, that you're forcing too much. Anywhere that your energy feels like frantic or like forceful, that's when you know you can probably do a bit less. (laughs) And I think we all need that permission. Mm. And I think really once we ask ourselves that question as well of where am I being asked to do less and we like we become aware of that, we acknowledge it and we actually step back from there, it gives us the space and the energy and the ability to show up in the areas where we really do need to be showing up or where we're going to benefit the most from being present. And that in itself can be such a positive contribution on, you know, your energy, on your overall fulfillment, on just the bigger picture of things when you really can step back and escape that fear-driven mindset that you do. It is easy to fall into. I mean, we all do it, right? I mean, you do it, I do it. (laughs) So what I want to do, Sam, because we are approaching the end of this episode, this has been such an insightful conversation we've had so far today. And given this is the Empower With Them podcast, what I always ask my guests is to leave us with an empowering piece of advice, you know, that they just want to leave our listeners with. So what would that be for you? Mm. I think I would say something that I said earlier, which is everything that you're seeking is seeking you. I Mm. think that is something that feels really nourishing to the soul to think about. Like, oh my gosh, what if everything that I'm looking for and everywhere I'm trying to go is also trying to find me? You know, Mm. like what if we're just in the cosmos together, like trying to find our way to that magical moment where we unite and everything kind of comes into reality and clicks into place. Everything that you're seeking is seeking you. So if you want something, trust that, you know, like your desires are the language of the soul. So if you want something, keep moving toward it, knowing that it's on your heart for a very specific reason and that you should continue to pursue it with all the fire in your belly. I love that. Everything you are seeking is seeking you. And it is so true. It's like, comes back to that whole belief of, you know, what is meant for me will come to me and no one can take that away from me, you know, and just trusting that there is this divine path that you are on this earth set out to pursue and just trusting that, you know, it is coming to you. So Sam, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom around the subconscious mind, how we can start reprogramming our thoughts and also sharing your manifestation method with us. I know that I have taken so much value away from this episode today and I know that our listeners will have as well. So in saying that, if anyone wants to continue hearing from you, learning from you, where can they find you after today's podcast episode? Yeah, you guys can come follow me over on Instagram and TikTok. My username is underscore Samantha Daily. If you want to check out some of my programs and courses and things that I get into with my clients, you can go to samanthadaily.com. And if you want to check out the podcast, it's called Make Shift Happen. So you can find it on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. And I'll see you guys there. Amazing. And I'll make sure we put all of those links into the episode description. So it is super easy for people to find you. But again, Sam, thank you so much for your time today. I have loved every second of this episode and just being able to be here, sit with you, listen to the wisdom you have to share and pick your brain around these topics has been such a privilege. So thank you so much for your time. Mm, Thank you so much, Emily. It's been such a pleasure. So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.them.
m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.